Welcome listeners to episode 40 of the Run and Guide podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a runner from the semi-rural suburb of Terry Hills in the Northern Beaches area of Sydney, who over the last couple of years has stepped up onto the podium multiple times with some great performances on the track and road over the 5 and 10k distance. And just last night, picked up his second state title this year to go over the 5,000 metres by winning the 3,000 metres out at SOPAC with a PB. He's part of the growing crop of talented distance runners we have going around the country at the moment, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing his name mentioned a lot in the years to come. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Kieran Tall. Hey, Tolly, how you going, mate? Good, thank you for having me. appreciate it. Mate, uh, it'd be pretty smart to us start off talking about that 3,000 metres last night. Some pretty smart running out there, second state title. Let's talk about it. Yeah, look, I'm really happy with last night. I did go in with the... Um idea of wanting to run quick and I knew that I may have to do a lot of the work which ended up happening so I kind of predicted that but ended up being a little more tactical than I thought wasn't quite expecting that but you know I'm been working on my kick doing a lot of gym and you know a lot more speed work so I think that's all that hard all that hard work and a bit of a few changes in training has paid off you talk about tactical it looked like you were calling the shots out there is is that not the case yeah look uh I, I took it out quick because I, wa- I wanted to kind of break a few people and, you know, br- split the race apart. Having having Craig and Joe come with me was nice. I was kind of hoping we'd run a bit quicker than we did. Um, so when some of the guys took over the pace because I was kind of tossing up between do I just take this out at 63, 64s myself or do I sit back a little bit? I decided I'd sit back a little bit and then considering the race slowed down and decided that I'll try and get Craig to do some of the work and, you know, not be the guy that, leads to the last lap and then gets passed so there was the, there wasn't an agreement before the race with jb to sort of lead you out and or was that he was just racing his own race or what, what was going on there I mean, it was obviously you guys do a lot of training together yeah joe and i do a few of our runs together we're really good mates we did mention that we might try and help each other if, if it came to it but we weren't didn't really have a concrete plan or anything we kind of just got during the race to be honest to said yeah oh, two laps each makes sense i think yep. joe started to hurt hurt a little bit sure it's, uh, doing a 3K in November, December is, you know, fairly early in the season considering really none of us have raced at all, let alone on the track for quite a long time. I'm kind very happy with where I'm at in terms of my speed work and my fitness. I think it'll be nice to have a go at a faster 3K later in the year because I yeah. definitely think that most of that race, to be honest, felt more aerobic and more towards like a 5K kind of pace. Okay. I mean, it was. I was watching the community races early in the day. It was blowing pretty hard. Um, it looked like it had settled down a little bit. Maybe a spit of rain, but uh, but the conditions obviously looked like they would improved a lot. Yeah, no, um, it was not a little bit of drizzle, but honestly, pretty good conditions. It cooled down a bit. Not much wind around. The only thing I'd say, I think, before the race, it was pissing down rain, and I kind of thought this is going to be, you know, pretty average, and it, it calmed down just in time. It does it sometimes? I mean. We're talking there before off air, um, starting later in the night, but uh, sometimes there is that advantage. I mean, uh, you've probably experienced in other races, it can be pretty average wind and, and that, and then as the night goes on, it starts to settle down. So that is probably one advantage of starting at 9.30, but apart from that, for early birds like me, um, I'd be struggling for sure. Oh, yeah, I think for even for the people that are, you know, going to bed later or, you know, have work late, run late, it's a late time to do a race and I've said this to a few people when I've said it a few times, sitting there all day is really hard, so I always try and make sure I'm doing something during the day, even if it's doing some shopping, getting a haircut, going to lunch. I've got a routine that I go to the same cafe and get a get a veggie burger and chips before, before every track race, and 
kind yeah. of become my routine now. For those of you on the beaches, Driftwood Cafe is very good. Yeah, no, 9.30 is, is very late. It's hard to get to sleep after a race after like that too. Yeah, yeah, you still be amped up for sure. Yeah, for sure. And how do you go as far as nervous tension leading into those races? Are you getting better at that or are you still sort of, you know, getting pretty pretty nervous heading in? Oh, I think I, th- I think no matter how good you get, you're, you're always nervous, but I'm getting better at it. It's definitely been working on the sports psychology thing a bit over lockdown and just in general since I've started to step up into some bigger races and, you know, be – I guess more of a chance of winning them or being more more of a talked about contender. So definitely, yeah. I think I've had my everyone. I've had my tough moments just like everyone has, and I've had things I've needed to work on. And what with in regards to the mental side of running, I think that's very overlooked by a lot of people. Getting better, I think. Last, I was pretty good. Good about yesterday, you know. I was got a really good support network. I was hanging with my girlfriend and a few friends and just getting some things done. I distracted myself for most of the day. I had probably a, a couple of hours where I was a little bit. In a, nervous i'd say but i was pretty good you know it's just putting it all in perspective everyone gets those same thoughts of you know what if i don't win or what yeah. if it goes badly tonight or what what if, what if this happens but it's how you deal with the thoughts and how, how you choose to I guess you can choose whether to let them affect you or not and what i've been training to do is you know change my response to them fantastic mate definitely uh yeah 13 second pb 804 so obviously you're nudging closer to that uh sub eight and probably uh i'm pretty sure you'd be confident that you're capable of doing that now and probably will next time you get the opportunity yeah so it, it did feel to be honest apart from that first lap or two when we did go through 800 and about 207 uh, that felt like i could have definitely kept that pace going if i wanted to didn't really want to lead the whole thing I, as i said i was tossing up about doing that just decided considering the company I was with, I kind of could see that Craig Huffer wasn't hurting a lot and probably wasn't going to want to do any work until the latter stages of the races unless I made it tactical like I did. So I decided that I didn't, didn't really want to just drag someone around for them to kick off me because that's, you know, not, not the best tactic. So I thought I'd make it a little bit tactical. And yeah, no, regarding racing, I did, I do want to try and have a crack at a 750 or even maybe a bit quicker if I'm in the right race. I don't really think that's Based on the training I've done and last night's race, it's doable. I found I found that the eight, that 804, 805, whatever it was, it did feel like a tactical race and it didn't feel like it was a, a fast race, so to speak. I just yeah. feel, I took the race out fast to try and discourage everyone from coming with me. I also knew that if I just decided to even split 64, 65s, I'd probably take a huge amount of people with me, which I didn't yep. want to do. Yeah. Whereas a lot of not many people can, you know, go out in like a 60 or you know. A 61 and then back up and do run a 63 or 64 and then settle in because that'll sometimes that'll red line people and they won't so they wouldn't go with me so that was kind of the idea it certainly worked yeah it certainly broke up really really quick i guess the guys behind if that was me i'd be thinking i hope you can't hold this but uh, you, you <laughs> never know and i mean as long as you don't start to doubt yourself but you're obviously quite confident that uh you know you, you could pull out a fast four opening 800 and, and still have enough to finish the job so that was good yeah yeah i've been um Doing a lot of like kind of 400, 800s in training, I know that a six, running a 60 is pretty comfortable for me and pretty aerobic. And yes, it's obviously on the faster side of what I do in a race, but my body is very used to running that. So I knew exactly how it re- responds. Yep. No, that's fantastic. All right, mate, we're going to uh, head further back into your career, but let's, I just want to kick off like I normally do, working through your PBs. We'll obviously skip the 3000 because that's a new one, but let's go to your 1500. So that was a 355.02. November 18, 2018, out there in Sydney. Yes, that was a, that was a that one was a while ago. Um, yeah, a bit of a tactical one. 
I did actually race 1500 two weeks ago and in a again that was a tactical race but I mean I think unofficially 349 or 350 okay that was a pretty chill one again I did I said to my coach this kind of feels like three you know 3k pace for most of it and then I hit the afterburners in the last 200 and won that one in a kick but I wouldn't mind racing some quick 1500s later in the season yeah okay yeah I've really yeah. spent much time on those races I've really only ever raced two of them ever 5000 earlier this year down at Box Hill there everyone loves Box Hill 1350-54 yeah that was Box Hill burn Box Hill was a great track that was a race put on by Steve Deneen down in Victoria with his group Deneen runners that was a paced 5k it was a little windy and very cold that day. I specifically remember it. I was kind of hoping I'd run a little bit quicker than 13.50, but I hadn't done a lot of faster races at that time in the season. I wasn't quite, a, not nearly as fit as I am now. So at the time, I was actually somewhat happy, but somewhat disappointed with that. I think definitely the way I am now, I'd be in shape to run quicker than that. So looking forward to some opportunities, that's for sure. I might add in some other stuff with these, whilst I'm talking about the PBs, I'm just looking at, the three five k's you've actually done this year, um, and one of them was that other um, state title you picked up in February back out there in SoPac. So you ran thirteen fifty nine twenty three. So you've ran three of them this year, all under under fourteen. But let's talk about that that five k state title as well. Yes, gonna have to, gonna have to try and remember that. That was a while back. Um, I remember that being a little bit of a tactical affair as well. Was, and when I say tactical, I don't mean it was ridiculously slow. It just wasn't a what I would consider a fast race. It was kind of had the intention of going out quick and then it slowed down. And once it slowed down, I decided to kind of take a back seat until would have been about three or four laps. I think it was three laps to go. I might've made a move. It was either three or four laps and I kind of knew I could see that a lot of the guys in the pack were starting to hurt and something in, in my mind has told me, okay, now's the time. And it did work. I did end up taking Matt Hudson with me, but similar to the tactic I used in this 3K, I kind of thought, look, I, I I wanted to be not leading with 200 to go. That was the that was the idea. Yeah, okay. I like, having, I like being able to either kick off the bend or kick with 100 to go, depending on what what I'm feeling. I mean, obviously last night you, you went out fast and aggressive. I'm um, guys like Stewie and that are doing that. Are you starting to try to develop your sort of taste of how you want to actually race, or you just mentioned that you'd rather do this rather than do do that? Is that sort of changed over your career? You're starting to become a certain type of runner when you're running these track races or uh yeah i say yes and yes and no to that it's a complicated answer because i'm i try and be adaptable to different tactics depending on yeah. who I'm racing and obviously how fit yeah. i am and what i want yeah. to get out of the race because there's going to be some races where i purely want to win that win so I'll obviously use whatever i think is the best to actually win there's some races where i'll actually just want to run fast and not worry so much about the placing but i think yeah. as i'm getting fitter and developing and learning race tactics i definitely think a lot of these track races, I'm getting a lot better at understanding them because I used to have pretty average race tactics and not really understand track. So I've been working yeah. on that enough. I think I I I prefer a I definitely prefer a faster race. I'm not someone that would want to roll around in a 3k at 68 and then try and run a 52. Not really my thing. Although I I kind of like a faster race to be honest. I'm getting right. used to the Sergi races too. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. So you don't mind that that change of pace, and if it's not happening, you wouldn't be. You know, you wouldn't be afraid to actually start put some surges in and, and not worry about that hurting you and rather hurt your competitors. Yeah, that's it. I'm, yeah. In saying that, I'd be happy to, to, in certain circumstances, just take the lead and make the race quick the whole way like I did at Sydney yeah. earlier this year. I 
Ben and Ben and I were kind of sitting next to each other. Ben was sitting behind me for some some of that race as well. So I had two 62 minute half marathon runners just following me in a 10k. It was a weird feeling at the time because I didn't quite realise how fit I was back then. I was a bit shocked that I was actually fit enough to run sub 29 on the road. And I remember looking back and thinking, why are these sub 60, 62 half marathoners sitting behind me? But I think I am learning how to race more. I, and I said, I like a faster race, but I'm becoming a lot more adaptable and, you know, being able to change my tactics if need be, like I did last night, because I didn't, didn't I didn't expect Craig to come with us. I wasn't sure what he was going to do or how fit he was because he's from Victoria and I yep. haven't actually really spoken to him or met him before. So I didn't know whether he was in eight minute shape or whether he was in 820 shape. I had no idea. So I kind of thought, okay, I've got a 336, 1500 meter runner with me. And yeah. it's turned into a tactical race. So I've got to try and put the odds in my favour somehow, so I have to be adaptable. Yeah, he had to work pretty hard to to pull you and uh, and Joe back. Did did you know he was coming, and did you know there was a gap behind? I knew there was a gap behind. I wasn't totally aware he was coming. I was trying not to look behind too much, but I kind yeah. of had an inkling he was coming. Yeah, here on the commentary. Now talk about tactics. Um, you know, Benny Saints, uh, your coach there at uh, Run Crew. Was, did you have a discussion before before the race about how he thought it might go or what you should do, or were you just like, let's play it by ear, and I'll just pretty confident I, I can make the adjustments on the fly if I have to? Or I think Ben and I definitely had a chat before. We always do before every race, but we both agreed that we didn't really know exactly what was going to happen and who was who was going to come with me, who wouldn't. Ben said he probably wasn't going to come with me if I was going to do what I was going to do, and he we both agreed. You know, I've got to go out quick and break the race open, even if I do sit back later in the race and don't go for it. Originally, I was on Tuesday. I kind of thought if it's good conditions, I'm actually just going to try and solo it and run a 750 or something. Just run, just bang out 63s, but kind of just went with the flow and was adaptable. No, it, was, it was great to watch, mate. Um, Thank you. I, I don't know. Well, obviously, we missed it. We missed that interview at the end. The mic wasn't working. I don't know if if uh, if James has got that back up. Um, I had a quick look. I didn't see it. But, yeah, unfortunately, we uh, we didn't get that. You probably heard that everyone's told you when there was no audio for your interview at the end. But um, were you aware of that? or? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I found that out this morning. And just a minute video on the internet of me silently talking with my – at least yeah, yeah. A good video of my mullet. Got a positive <laughs> The mullet, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. You brought it up. Um, I mean, you were sort of, uh, you and Ed were sort of, I mean, Ed started, Ed got out, um, you know, obviously you do a lot of running with him. Um, now he's back overseas, obviously, but you guys were the mullet, the mullet brigade, and uh, you might have that title now. He's, he's back overseas. But what what is with the mullet, mate? Tell me. I mean, I'm starting to see it pop up. I, I love my IFL. There's blokes running around there with mullets. Is, is this starting to become a trend? Is it a statement on what's going on? Um, we, so Ed, Ed, Ed probably was the first person to, you know, have a mullet in the running community, I reckon, although, you know, someone's always had one. We originally did them with one of my mates, Josh Phillips, who both decided to shave them in lockdown just as a joke, really, and then they kind of just grew on us. We decided we liked them, and now I think I actually sued a mullet, and I'm better looking with one than without one. So it's a bit, <laughs> of, a, it's a bit of a unique kind of, you know, Kieran thing. It's something that I like. It's a part of me now, part of my self-confidence and, you know, just grew on me and just decided to keep it. And then I grew it really, really long in lockdown this year to the point where it was w- well beyond my shoulders. And I've cut it yesterday just because it was getting a bit ridiculous. Oh, okay. Definitely going to be keeping it though. It's a bit of a, it's kind of, it's kind of like an icon, like, like Stewie when he used to always race in his arm sleeves and, you know, okay. um, yeah. some of the Sydney boys have got their mullets. Everyone's got their little thing. And I think it's just become a part of my identity. And when you're trying to get sponsored or, you know, grow your 
social media profile, even if, if it's just among your friends, some, having something that, you know, you're known for is really helpful and important. It's a bit of fun too. Well, if you keep winning races, mate, and being aggressive the way you are, mate, they'll remember that more than anything. But, yeah, for sure. <laughs> mullet, mullet, I feel like the mullets look good on with running gear too. I mean, the, the, the way you guys are cutting it is it keep it out of your eyes. You know I mean? You can have long hair, but you're just sort of cutting it back to the ears there so it's not flopping yeah. around your eyes. Speaking about Ed, like, I think he had NCAA cross-country in the last 48 hours. Do you know how he went or? Um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what the race. I don't think it was – it wasn't NCAA finals. It was one of the – I think it was one of the, like, regionals or pre-meets or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. right. Then in, I think he's inside the top five. I, knowing Ed, he would have wanted to win because Ed holds himself to a very high standard. Like, yeah, yeah. Like often most of the guys that I run with in Sydney, everyone wants to win, but – he seems yep. like he's pretty fit. I think his focus is on the marathon, though, by the look of his training. Uh, mate, let's move on to that 10,000. 28.47, October 24, 2020. So 28.47.92. Let's talk about that race. We actually had an agreement in that one. We were going to take two laps each. And that was between myself, Benny Saint, Kev Bat, James Nipperess, Ed and me. Um, bit of a kind of average conditions, and I wasn't really sure how I was going to run that night. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Obviously, I wanted to win. Didn't quite have the fitness to kind of stick with Ed because Ed did throw, did what I did in the 3K and threw a few surges in through the race and that made the race a bit hard for me. I was kind of hanging on when it came to 800 to go. But, you know, I think that was a good stepping stone to running a faster time and I was kind of expecting to, although I didn't really get another chance um, over 10K to do that. But, yeah, no, happy with, I, was, I was happy with it. It was a tough race. I, don't, I wasn't quite at the fitness level I'm at now, but it was – Probably pretty uh, pretty good for the training I was doing then. How fast have you run down there at Zatapak? You have been under 29 down there? Yeah, I ran my break. One of my breakthrough races was 2019 Zatapak. I ran 28.52. Okay. So, so that was probably my, you know, big breakthrough into the open open running world, if you know what I mean, of, you know, going from a boy to a man, so to speak. So what position did that get you in? Oh, I'd have to try and remember that. It might have been... It might have been just 10th or 11th. It was either just inside or just outside the top 10. It was yeah, a okay. very, very quick race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when was that? 2019, was it? Yeah. So it would have been 21. 2852, 11th spot. There you go. Oh, was that a good, decent guess? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, good job, mate. Good job. 3,000 steeplechase. Let's talk about that. You you um, had a shot at jumping the barriers, mate. How long did you do that for? Oh, that was a while, while ago. That I've decided to give it a go. I haven't really. You, you keep saying a while ago, but for us guys, like 2018, it seems like a long time for you, <laughs> but it's not for us, mate. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a long, long ago to me. Yeah, okay. Pre-COVID. Um, gosh, I, I've raced like two. I think I've only raced two steeples ever, and I've never really actually learned how to jump a barrier. So, if you if you're thinking of trying to find me in a steeple, I'm very glad that you won't find any videos on the internet of me jumping them because it's not a good look. I want to do another steeple. I'm actually going to have to sit down and learn how to do it. Is is that something that you you want to play around with, or more than likely not? I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. I haven't even I haven't thought about it. I, yeah, I'd yeah. Be, I'd, I'd be open to it if I thought that there was a, a good chance of me, you know, having a dig at an Olympic spot. But um, the one thing is that I don't have very flexible hamstrings. I've got really good like. Muscle retention, I've got really good, you know, my legs are quite springy. Yeah. I've got good hand-eye coordination, but my hamstrings are very tight. So I don't know if my body is quite suited to a steeple. 
Yeah, it's amazing how many elite runners are, are really tight through the hammies. Tightness is sort of good in a way, as long as you don't let it get too too crazy. But, mate, uh, 5K, they always have Noosa Bolt down there as a 5K roadie. Uh, 14, 13, up there in 2019. Great experience, especially in the triathlon uh, environment, which um, you've played around with before, which we'll talk about soon. So let's talk about the Noosa Bolt. Oh, Noosa Bolt's probably my favourite road race of the year. I'm, I was yep. disappointed I didn't get to go up and do that this yep. year. Um that was a pretty cool race. I remember quite clearly we started with a huge pack and the race kind of just got quicker and quicker to the point where it was literally just me and the MTC boys. I think it was Geordie and Dave. And we might have had Louis Mac- McAfee with us and Jack Bruce. I kind of, that was back then I was kind of just happy to be there and I didn't really see myself as a contender to win. So I was pretty surprised that I actually managed to be within a second or two of those guys. Would have loved to go and have a dig at trying to win it this year. Given the opportunity, unfortunately, Anastasia Palaszczuk didn't want me in the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess all those all those U-turns probably suit you with that stop, start, stop, start, if you sort of like your surging. Yeah, it makes it interesting, I think, for a guy that's a bit shorter. And, you know, also, Noose is quite hot and humid. And I'm coming from a triathlon background and being a smaller guy, I'm good at handling the heat and humidity up there. Yeah. I'm yeah. coming from a cycling background, I'm good at U-turns. We'll chat about that soon. Uh, 10K on the road was your first... Uh, road win i think it was uh may 2021 up there in sydney the sydney 10 28 55 pretty solid yes that was a very happy with that one that was um we didn't really have a plan for that one but i i, I kind of said to benny i want to run quick and so i ended up taking pretty much my just my training partners with me for a hit out that's what it felt like anyway even though it was a race i literally just had matt hudson tom decanto and benny with me i kind of i kind of led in up until 7 8k and then Tom came around for the first time through in the surge, and I sat behind him for about half k, k, and sat next to each other, and just did my usual kick with 200 to go. Yeah, coming, coming a signature now, but that was probably one of my that's probably my best 10k I've run in the last two years, I'd say, or yeah. ever. I'd actually, considering it's a obviously, as you may know, track is probably a bit quicker than road. Benny interestingly ran about six seven seconds slower on the exact same course in the exact same conditions exact same same time of year and then went on to run 28 17 on the track so yeah that was encouraging for me in thinking that i might have a possibility of doing the same thing i guess as you i mean obviously you're doing doing a lot of work with with tommy and 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 benny saints and that in training and good mates and all the rest and then it comes to race day does that when you guys are up there sort of you know fighting for a win I don't know, does it make you feel more confident? Is there any more sort of banner or chatter or do you guys just quiet and get the job done or? Um, I, th- I think there's a, there's a lot more mutual respect, I guess. Like we help each other and we want each other to do well, but we're obviously very competitive. Yeah. The other thing is we understand each other to a T. So yeah, right. we know exactly how fit each other is. We know what our strengths are. We know, so we often when you, depending on, you know, how everyone's going, we often kind of have an idea of who's fitter and what might happen. And, you know, if, you know, I haven't dropped so-and-so or so-and-so hasn't dropped me, probably know what's going to happen a bit more. But, okay. yeah. you know, it's, a, it's very competitive, but the, we have a lot of respect for each other. And I think, I think at the end of the day, it's just that we understand each other so well and we know what's going to happen. So we know each other's fitness levels. And yeah. it's kind of nice, though, doing it with the training partners. It sometimes doesn't feel like a race, though. Yeah, and it, it may bring the best out of you as well, just in those conditions. Yeah, definitely. Mate, up there in Terry Hills, amongst the horse paddocks, mate, I know the area well. Um, I'm an Avalon boy. I spent a lot of time up that way, cycling and mainly in the cycle club. We used to do uh, time trials and that up there. 
and running in all those trails that I uh, see so you get around in, mate. Long time ago, mate, when you still had glint in the old man's eye, mate, before you were around. But uh, <laughs> so I know that area really well. Um, I, I miss miss that area. How long have you been up that area for? Have you lived there all your life? Are you there up there with your parents or? Yeah, so I've lived I lived in in Davidson slash Belrose, which is just close okay. by, you know, um, till yep. I was about eleven, not till think I was eleven to twelve, and then been here since twenty eleven. Yep. Okay. Uh, or sorry, and I think yeah, start of no end of two thousand and ten slash early twenty eleven. I've been here since then, and do a lot of my running on the trails around Terry Hills, Duffy's Forest, and yep. also around Belrose. We've got quite a few close friends in the northern beaches that I ran with through lockdown. I still do. Like I mentioned, Joe Burgess. He used to be on live on the beaches. Um, yep. Joel Solomon owns the Sticks and Bones Running Podcast. One of my best mates. Um, I got the, the, I've run with Dan Kelly from the Blue Mountains a fair bit. <laughs> Um, Josh Phillips also that goes to Villanova. He's from Belrose. So a okay. lot of my running, I probably split my time between Narrabeen Lake, um, which I run with my girlfriend, Ali, a little bit, Belrose and Terry Hills. But Terry Hills is probably one of my favourite places. Both Westhead Road is my signature long run. Try and run that pretty quick. It's got a lot of rolling hills, starts with a climb, similar to the Falls Creek run kind of, but more elevation. Then there's the perimeter trail, just a lot of trails, a lot of hills, not really much flat here. Nice and removed from society, I guess. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you're in Sydney when you're running. No, it's a nice place up there. And yeah, we used to run that trail that used to head all the way out. And there was a lookout over the Hawkesbury River there. It's like a rock lookout. I don't know, you probably run out to that trail. It's sort of, you run out and you have to come back again. Oh, per- perimeter, there's perimeter trail and then there's the long track. Yeah, right. And the yeah. long track is the one that's got the lookout after. Okay. Like a weeks ago, actually. Great trail network. It's one of the few places in a biggest, basically the biggest city in the country that you can run and not see another person which i actually really like i like the peace and quiet and you know not having to stop traffic lights or having any distractions and i can just chuck my headphones in and run and yeah really i wouldn't say switch off but kind of switch off from distractions if you know what i mean you know, sure. you know people everywhere cars everywhere yep. you know sometimes i'll literally put my phone turn my like all my data and my texts off my phone and just chuck music in and i'll go into my little world it's kind of it's very relaxing yeah no definitely mate i'm hearing you all right, mate, let's go back. I understand you sort of didn't come through the normal pathway of little A's uh, like most of your track runners, but um, you sort of played around with the swim, bike, run sport before you uh, sort of focused more on running. So let's talk about that. How did that all eventuate? So I yeah, actually started off as a triathlete and I kind of was always running was probably always my strongest suit followed by cycling. I was actually a pretty good cyclist as well, both on the mountain bike and the road bike. I used to race um, all the criteriums around. It was, I actually used to be part of Manly Oringa Cycling Club like you and um, – Used to race. I don't know if you know, like the Heart Driving Centre in St Ives, the one. Oh yeah, I've never been up there. Yeah, yeah. I used to race crits there, and I used to do the West Head ones, and I'd usually race either A Elite or A Club, depending on how fit yep. I was. So I was a yep. good cyclist, sure. good runner. Never really ran many Ks as a kid, so I, I was kind of missing that background. I, you know, really only doing a run session or two a week. wasn't even doing long runs till I was eighteen or nineteen. I think I actually did. I, th- I think I did my longest run ever couple of days before I raced Lord's Cross in Uganda and I remember going for a jog with quite distinctively with Brett Robinson and Pat Tin and I think Stewie and Jack Rayner and Liam Adams a bunch of those guys and I was like what this is like a big thing for me back then I'd run 15k that was the longest run I'd done before Lord's Cross <laughs> a lot of my volume came from cycling but yeah. I had a good triathlon career I just couldn't quite hit the level I have in running because of my swimming was holding me back and I 
both never really got the help or assistance that I needed from triathlon Australia and, you know, triathlon coach. Some had some great triathlon coaches, but I didn't really live near any of them, which was the difficulty. So, so, so you were doing this while you were at school. Is that when you got into triathlons? Yeah. Well, I pretty much went through my whole school career doing triathlon and, you know, as I said, I had some great triathlon coaches, but it was almost impossible to actually spend any length of time with them because they're all so far away. You know, it was one one in like out in Penrith, one in Sutherland, you know, some in Queensland. It was just one yeah. going Canberra is not doable for us. Yeah. And I ended up kind of falling through the cracks. And I did win, I did win a few. I won a state title when I was in, in under 20 state in 2016. I managed to win that as a running race off the bike. Because I, I remember I came out of the swim a bit back and managed to ride down the front pack and then turn into a running race, which is my kind of race. But I think 2017, 2018, I kind of saw that I wasn't really going anywhere and probably wouldn't because of my swimming. So I decided to do running because I enjoy it more. Yeah, well, see, 2014 here, you um over there in Edmonton, Canada, you went over there for the ITU Series final race. So that was yeah, uh, yeah. that was the triathlon and, and the aquathon, which is, um yeah, the swim run for those not familiar. Um, so you're only 15 at the time. Was that sort of your first trip overseas? For a race, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was, that didn't go too well, actually. I actually ended up getting quite sick about three or four days before I got a pretty, I think it was either flu or a very nasty cold. Um, yeah, okay. But my, my airway was not completely open, so it was a uh, difficult time because I was really looking forward to that. But unfortunately, chucking us open water swim in at the front of those races wasn't exactly helpful for me either. Yeah. It was a great experience. Though. I love traveling traveling around Canada. I've since traveled overseas a few times for races and in traveling even into state for a race is just exciting. It's, I love traveling and, you know, seeing different parts of the world. Definitely, definitely, mate, and that's uh, that's what sport will give you. Look, 2017, you mentioned there you um, we'll talk about in detail in a sec. Uh, the World Junior Cross Country is over in Uganda. You're also um over in Perth there for the Junior Oceania Championships. So that's sort of you know you mentioned there before that transition between the triathlon and going over over to the running. So it must have been around about that time. So anything there to talk about with that 2017 Oceania Championships in Perth? Anything great happened there? Um. Ooh, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to remember, remember that race. I've that race so much and travelled so much, I sometimes don't remember things. I think with my experience in triathlon, duathlon, you know, aquathon, I just felt like I wasn't really going to go anywhere with it. And I kind of yeah. gradually more and more worked out that I actually enjoyed running the most. Yeah. And Is that because, like, too much catch-up work to do out of the water and – um. You know, triathlons these days, it's drafting. So I guess it's going to be pretty hard to get back on that lead group. And then you've got to try and run them down. But a lot of these guys are running so quick off the bike. It's probably a hard task. Is it, would that be right? Or Yeah, look, I, did, I, I spent a lot of time in the water trying to catch up. And it just really wasn't going anywhere. And I'm not a person to give up. But I yeah. actually really wasn't enjoying it. And I just didn't see the point of doing something 10, 20, 30 hours a week that I hated when I could go do another sport that I thought I had a better chance in and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, so there's a two things in just enjoyed running more and didn't think I thought my if I had to choose between a triathlon career and a running career I thought I had more chance of a running career considering I was a triathlete but I was actually making Australian teams in another sport it made more sense to go to the sport that I was actually making an Australian team in. Were you doing cross country at school? Were you making sort of nationals? Were you at that sort of level at school for cross country or? I uh, I wasn't in early senior school. Towards the end of senior school, I was making nationals. I wasn't really much of a feature in nationals until year 12 where I was, you know, you know, I was running some top tens and stuff, but really nothing too special to be honest with you. I just 
raced cross country and enjoyed it and I was decent at it, but not really, didn't really, I, I feel like I really have only hit my stride and started to actually really open up my running career this year, to be honest. All right, let's go down over to Uganda, mate. I guess it was your first uh, Aussie singlet as in, in running? Yeah, it's my first proper Aussie singlet. I did race yeah. for junior, world schools cross in Hungary, but I wouldn't really count that, to be honest. It was my first real proper Australian singlet, I would call Uganda, yeah. And conditions, hot, like what was going on over there? Hilly, um, I guess? Hot, dry and humid. It was a yeah, pretty right. special trip up some of my really close mates, like Josh Phillips, Ned Trippers, and some of the book, Zach Fascioni, those boys were there with me. Um, had a really good race over there. Uganda was quite the experience, you know, you know th- basically a third world country that had very different security and had very different people. And it was an experience just traveling over there and, you know, keeping safe and all that. Um, had a great race over there for me. I massively surprised myself and ended up being the highest place Australian and fair bit in front of the rest, rest of them, which I really didn't expect back then that kind of, Probably helped me decide that I wanted to be a runner. Yeah. Was that like the shorter distance, like six and a half or eight, or was it 10? Or? It was an 8K from memory. Eight, okay. It's very, very hot and humid. And I remember being running in a pack of just Africans. And I was, yeah. I was, because I was more high up, I didn't quite have the confidence. I probably should have gone out a bit quicker, but I remember going out and sitting with all these Africans and just going, oh, my gosh, this is like a different world. And yeah. I was ended up being, I think it was the sec- second-placed white guy in the world or something. It was crazy. Yeah, was, okay. There was literally 50, like 40, 50 Africans in front of me and like three Japanese guys. Yeah, unreal. Did you get to have a bit of a trip when you were over there or was it just straight over there race and come home? Or We were there, I think we were there like four days before maybe and we, we left the day after. So it was a pretty quick in and out trip. I don't at the time, Uganda was almost on the do not travel list on the um, New South Australian government DFAT website. So I don't think we were hanging around too much. We spent a decent amount of time in the hotel just because of Uganda's security situation. Okay. Bit scary. Yeah. Uh, there were some, we had our moments that were a, a little scarier than others, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. We mentioned that before you are uh, with Run Crew there, Benny Saints. Bloody good environment to be around. Bunch of good blokes in there. Imagine there's a bit of banner, a bit of fun going around around training. Yeah, look, oh, I love running crew and I love the environment that I'm in, both in terms of my direct training partners and just everyone that's there. It's a really good vibe. It's fun, you know. It's yeah. serious when it needs to be, but we're all good mates. We all muck around. Um, Benny and Tom and Matt, uh, Matt Hudson, we've all done a lot of training together. We definitely push each other hard. Um, Lately, I've been a little bit more solo in the Tuesday sessions because sometimes Benny will do his own thing in the mountains because he's got got a coach or doesn't want to do as much speed work as I'm doing because he's focusing on the longer stuff. Um, Matt Hudson's been out for a bit. I, I think he's a little, little bit sick or something. I'm hoping he comes back soon because he was in really good shape earlier this year. I think he's just building back up now. And mm. Tom and Ben and I usually train together Saturday along with the rest of the group, but we do some pretty quick tempos and thresholds around Centennial. Always doing your speed work with them. You never have to go out and do any of it on your own. Um, some well, I mean, obviously lockdown, I'm doing it on my own. But um, yeah. oh, most of the time I get to get to run with those guys. It just depends what we're doing. Sometimes we'll drop each other or have different workouts. What are you running? Seven days a week? Yeah, like six six days twice a day, or what? What's yeah, the schedule? No, um, seven days a week. I don't really have any days off unless injured or sick. Just yeah. don't like, don't see the point in it. But I definitely have you know, rest days, so to speak. And I, if I'm needed, I'll take one. Just mm. gotten good at listening to my body. I'm running 
my mileage has dropped a little bit because I've been doing a bit more speed work and I've been forced to actually work a little bit more because a few people have quit at my job where I work for Nike in Hornsby. Okay. Um, so that's basically just to support myself through running because I'm hoping at some point soon I can get a professional contract and either run for a group or, you know, just continue where I am now and get a sponsor. Usually I'm on about 150k a week and that's going to be the plan leading up to Zadapec. Yep, okay. That's just seven days a week of running, you know, double two, three times a week and I'll do two gym sessions. So how's that strength and conditioning look like? Are you doing that like with a group? Is there like any structure to that or? Yeah, so I've got a strength coach that I see twice a week and that's just an individual training session that we do together and go through my workout and it's on a four-week cycle. Pretty simple, normal stuff, but he's his name's Dan Harris. He's really, really good with it. He knows what he's doing. Um, It's called... The gym's, I think we've just opened up a gym, actually. It's called Elite Health Club down in um, Eastern Valley Way. If you're, if you're needing a strength coach, Dan is very good. Yep. He, one of his friends, Tony Boutaji, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, um, helped Ben out all through the Olympics and was his strength coach. So Yeah, okay, Dan, fantastic. Dan's coming from a place of a lot of expertise and knowledge, and he's done, done a lot for me in terms of both in the gym and what it's done directly for my running as well. Is there, um, besides the strength and conditioning, do you do any sort of uh, sort of like recovery modalities that you're sort of becoming sort of uh, used to doing, like whether it be rolling or ice baths or massage or any of those other things? Um, I don't do a lot of that stuff, to be honest. I probably should be, but I do. I mean, I've got, I've, I jump in the pool. My pool's not heated, so over winter it becomes a bit of an ice bath. Um, yep. I've really focused on my diet, um, just making sure I'm fueling as I wouldn't say I have a particularly clean diet, but I'm just making sure that I'm eating the right amount of things, you know, like carbs, protein, magnesium, all of that stuff, just iron, you know, making sure I'm doing all the right things there. Um, I've got I've got a spiky ball. I use a like a, a band to activate my glutes. So nothing really special or crazy or interesting, but I'm definitely paying attention to what my body needs. So working at working at Nike, Nike or Nike, I never know which one to say. It depends. Depends what side of the world you're on. Exactly, mate. Well, are you studying uni or you were or you're not or? I'm just working at the moment. I'm not okay. studying at uni. Well, hopefully, like you said, um, maybe working for Nike might help you pick up uh, a sponsor. I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, that's the goal. I'm hoping that I can go go to Nike or another shoe brand who, you know, and just say, look, I really want to work with you. Like I'm. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, the social media side and promoting a brand, helping grow a brand. If it's yeah. obviously Nike and New Balance and Adidas, the really good shoe brands don't probably need help growing, but they can definitely help grow their customer base. And, you know, I'm very interested in shoes, you know, as as is Tom DeCanto as being a podiatrist, but I've done a bit of study in that area unofficially just, you know, th- through Nike and through friends yeah. and re- doing a bit of reading. So I'm very interested in shoes and shoe tech and yeah. definitely would love to, you know, test products and develop new shoes. It's a cool part of the job. Yeah, no, definitely. They'd be fun, like, for sure. Just looking at, uh, you know, the current crop of runners at the moment, there's, there's you know, a growing list of guys running around that 28, 30 for 10,000 at the moment, um, which is pretty awesome for distance running in, in Australia now and sort of in, in the coming years. But, I mean, 28, 30 is still, still a minute off the qualifying standard of majors of 27, 28, which is pretty scary, isn't it? Only ever had three sort of three runners run that quick. Um, obviously, you coach Benny's, Dewey, and, and, and Paddy Tiernan. So I'm just saying, do you just keep working, working? I mean, obviously, you've got Benny Saints as your coach. I mean, what a man to have on your side helping you out there. But do you just keep working at, at getting faster at the 10,000 on track 
possibly trying to crack the 28 or do you, are you sort of getting the stage where you start thinking about switching up to the longer distances on the road and what tends to happen is when guys start doing marathon training the extra strength endurance they get they start to run quicker on the track like is there a transition period you're starting to think about or is it just focus on getting quicker on the track for now at the moment i was focused on the shorter stuff getting quicker on the track i feel like i haven't really had an opportunity to run to my potential over 10k both because I've only really been under Benny for a year or two, and I feel like I've take, only taken this sport 100% seriously in the last year. I feel like okay. I was a little bit in and out and, you know, doing 90% of the things I should have been doing and, you know, not as consistent. So I think I've still got a lot of improvement in me and confident that I can try and crack that 28-minute barrier in the next year, hopefully. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. So so at the moment, you, you mentioned there before Zatopec, um, I guess that'll be um, Australia Day weekend. That's the that's the next goal, is it? That's what everything's leading towards now. Yeah, I've got a I've got a couple of races this year that I'm gonna give a good crack to, which is New South potentially New South Wales 10k on track and the Sydney Harbour 10, and I might even you know depending on whether I want to do a training block for Zatopec or whether I want to race, I might do something like an Albi type of smile if I feel like you know switching it up and doing something shorter. But yeah, Zatopec is the big goal. That's what I'm really working towards. I want to ru- try and run fast there and. Mm-hmm. See what I can do. I, I couldn't give you an exact time because I might either undersell or oversell myself. And obviously, rather undersell myself and then run better. But you know, it's I don't I don't want to limit myself to a you know time either when I might might be in better shape than I think. Any idea how many guys have ran sub twenty eight in this country? I should I should have looked yeah. that up before. I've... I don't think there's not many. There's nah. not many at all. There's, I know Jack and Jack Rayner and Brett have done it. Obviously, Stewie's done it. Pat Tiernan, Ben's done it. Um. I don't know how many 10Ks Mottram has done on the track, but I would say he's definitely done it. Yeah, I think um, I think Mottram was 35, Collis Birmingham's 29. Dave McNeil would have done it. Yeah, obviously yeah. Sean held Sean held that for a long time before um before Benny got it. So yeah, let's call it a dozen. So yeah, it's it's solid anyway. Yeah, I feel like once once you get into the the 27 bracket for 10K. You're almost definitely going to be having sponsors knock on your door, and I think that yeah. kind of t- turns you from someone that might say they're, you know, kind of professional or racing at professional level to someone that can actually do it as a career. Yeah. Being out, it look if I ran, I'd be very happy with a low twenty-eight. So I think I'm based on what I'm doing in my sessions and my training and races. It's it's definitely doable to run something like that. But it's what what exactly whether it's a twenty-eight fifteen or whether it's a twenty-seven fifty-five. I don't know. I don't yep. want to, you know, put a put a time when I wouldn't have a clue. So the goal is to run sub twenty eight because I feel like that's because I want to have a crack at Com Games for for the ten k. And Com Games, I mean Birmingham, I mean and and Worlds all coming up uh, next year, and that's still twenty seven twenty eight, isn't it for for Com Games as well? I think that I think the that might be the A qualifier. I think the I think Com no, I think Com Games is slow. I think Com Games is twenty seven forty or fifty from memory. I think oh, the B yeah. the B qualifier might be twenty eight minutes or twenty eight ten. So I might be able to sneak in with an B qualifier. Just obviously depends. We do have a lot of guys that have run much quicker than that. So I might rock up to Zadabek and run a huge PB and still might not be enough depending on who's there. So yeah, right, right. So at this stage, you're still thinking that Eugene, Oregon, or, or Birmingham next year is is a possibility. Oh, it's definitely a goal. It's yep, something, okay. something that I want to try and get after. It's, yep. it's, hard, it's hard to say whether I'll do it or not, but it's definitely, sure. definitely what I'm working towards is in, yep. in the plan. 
and it'd probably be a good pathway to Paris in 24. Yeah, definitely. Like my goal is to make this into a career. Like I, I yeah. want to be a full-time professional runner and be able to, you know, not have to work a job to support myself and literally make running my full-time career and, you know, obviously then have a stepping stone into another career after running. But yeah, I, I, the goal is to be making Olympics and Commonwealth Games and have a sponsor and go overseas and race. That's the dream. Yeah, well, you're certainly doing everything you possibly can, mate. So that's it's fantastic. Boy, I love rap music in cars. Tell me about that, mate. With rap music, I'm a rapper myself. Um, yeah, I used to I used to muck I used to muck around with it. Um, yeah, with like rap music, and then just started to get better at it. And I'm probably going to record a few songs soon. I'll have yeah, to okay. keep you updated on that one. Um, I love I love hip hop music and music in general. I've grown up with a musical background, playing a lot of different instruments, and then listening to a lot of hip hop, and you know, starting to teach myself to rap and then just, you know, became a thing. Just love, I love the hip hop genre, genre, the culture, the music. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Just the stories they tell. Yeah. The, the musicality, the stories, the, the, everything about it is kind of, I don't know, I just, I like it and it resonates with me. I love listening. I just love listening to music in general, but particularly hip hop is like probably my thing, both the Australian and the UK and American, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, dreaming big and all the rest of it, and then talking about rap. You know, Eminem proved that uh, anything uh, is possible if you uh, if you dream and uh, don't let things uh, drag you down. Because he was certainly, um, they pulled him down pretty hard, and uh, he just kept oh, getting yeah. back on it. Yeah, look, I'm I'm more new to the game with rapping, and obviously haven't really put myself out there too much yet. But I'm definitely going to give it a go because there's nothing to lose and you know I've started to get better at it I've showed showed it my friends some of the stuff I've written and they've been impressed and I've sent it to a few producers and advertising marketing agencies and I've had you know a good a really pleasing response so far so I'm going to keep at it and maybe hope once I can drop my hours at work and just focus on running then I can probably spend some more time and money on my music career if I want to go for that which I think I do yeah no it's, it's awesome it's good to have something uh to distract you from running, I mean, rather than just be, you know, eat, breathe, sleep, running all the time, to have something yeah. that's, and it's like an outlet. It's, you know, it's so good for the mind, uh, you know, to be able to get all those feelings out with a musical instrument or, or with vocals or whatever it might be. It's like an outlet, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's an emotional outlet for me. It's fun, you know, it's something I can do with some of my mates that do love the same genre and start to rap as well. Um, For me as well, it's actually... Well, it's a hobby, but it's a it's a, it's a hobby and it's in a dream in the same context. And I just love yeah. even it's funny. Even before a race, I'll sometimes just sit there rapping. Like I'll literally just chuck a random beat on and freestyle or rehearse something I've made up. It's just it's a it's a distraction, but it's also almost getting gets me in the right mood to race. To be honest, I bet when you're out there running, sort of getting in the zone and just sort of you know your thoughts. It's amazing what you can think about on a run. You're probably coming up with some lyrics while you're out there running and trying to remember yeah. them when you get back, are you? Funny you say that. Sometimes I'll actually be trying to punch in lyrics on my phone while I'll while, yeah. while I'm running. I've got my notes section of my phone is literally heaps and heaps of probably there's probably hundreds of raps that I've written or just lyrics or bits yeah. and pieces, lines, you know, yeah, all yeah, of that yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've definitely spent more time on it recently. I think after sending it to a few friends, I've, I've and you know people that are in the industry, I've started to take it more seriously. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's really good to hear. It's it's good to hear. I like to hear, you know, people at your calibre in, in, in running, but also have something else to distract themselves from because it can be unhealthy um, just to have your life evolve around running. So I think that's yeah. going to make you a better runner, you know, in general. Yeah, oh, that's, sure. that's fantastic. I think, I think I would struggle if I didn't have music. And I think 
taking music more seriously will be helpful for me because if I just had running and I didn't have a job or didn't have anything else, it can be really hard when things don't go right and your whole world comes crashing down. It's, yep. it's, good, it's good for my mental health both in and out of itself. Yeah. Um, yep. And if and it's a, another thing that I care about and that I can work on and, you know, pride myself on and try and be the best version of myself. So I kind of lo- I, I like that uh, my philosophy is that I don't just want to be the best version of myself. As a runner, I want to be that person as a, you know, as a musician, is as everything really. Like, yeah, very, very into cars as well, and driven on Eastern Creek Raceway a few times. Got a sports car myself. That that's where all my money goes. Yeah, okay. Sports car, as in what? Uh, I got a Mark V GTI with a few things done to it. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. They're a bit of a money pit, aren't they? But you got to love it. <laughs> Old European cars, yes, they are. I remember buying it in COVID last year. When I didn't have a job and. Three weeks in, I was going for driving back from a run with my mate Josh Phillips, who currently runs from Villanova, and the transmission blew, and two and a half grand went down the drain. That was yeah. fun. great car though. They like driving go karts. They're pretty quick. They're also, admittedly, offensively loud. Definitely gonna, you can definitely hear me coming before you see me in that car. Sure, no sneaking up for sure. No. I bet the neighbours love it. They do. Luckily, my neighbours are about five hundred metres away. So yeah, 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 yeah. Live, yeah. let us to live. Have forest. you got horses on your on your property? Do you no, I probably do it on on sandstones, rocks, okay. so and it's also quite sloped. So no, we wanted to, but we just we have a few wallabies sitting around, and you know we've got a tennis court and pool. The racing this year, mate. What else is on before uh before the end of the year? Um, I've got so I've got Sydney Harper Ten. I've got potentially State Ten K on the track. On the track. Um, When's that? They're both. So take, State Ten K is two weeks from now. Then Sydney okay. Harbour is the week after that. So Sydney Harbour is December 5th. I okay. may choose to race one more time before Christmas, but maybe not. And then Zadipek after that. Starting to warm up. I mean, it hasn't really warmed up summer anyway on the East Coast, has it? But uh... No, it's, I'm kind of, it, there's been a few days that I've gone, whoa, this is hot. But for, for the most part, even last night was cold. Good for racing, but, you know, it's not quite what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be really hot. So there you yeah. go. It's a weird season. I feel like climate change and global warming is... um. Changing things for us. All right, mate. Look, uh, thanks heaps for chatting to us today, mate. Once again, awesome taking home the chockies last night, mate. It was fantastic to watch. It was uh, it was a gutsy race, mate. And uh, I think there was a statement made there, so uh, you don't have to uh, agree with that. But uh, I think that's what we're all saying. It was fantastic. Um, so championships, mate. They're um, obviously something you can be proud of and something you can cherish forever, mate. They'll never take that off. You have two in the same year. That's uh. Obviously, going to show that uh, you and and your team are doing everything right, mate, and um, all those dreams uh, may become reality, mate. So uh, looking forward to watching the rest of your career unfold. I'm glad the racing is back on for all you guys. You know what I mean? So you can all get back to business and and, and do what uh, do what you're meant to be doing. And and we all uh, as spectators love love watching the show you guys put on, mate. So uh, yeah, thanks for hurting out there last night, mate. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a, been a pleasure to talk to you. Ron Cruz definitely heading in the right direction and I'm happy with how I'm going and excited for the future. So, yeah, yeah. keen to get uh, well, back out there and keep racing. Yeah, awesome, mate. mate we'll be following along uh, social handles, I guess, uh, what, Instagram people and Strava and all that sort of thing. Do you yeah, use Strava? Can, or? Yeah, I got Strava. I can flick you through those. My Instagram is just Kieran underscore tall, so K-I-E-R-E-N underscore T-A-L-L. Um, cool. Strava is just my name. I'll, I'll whack those links in the show notes below. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the listeners can just click on them, mate, and follow along, mate, and uh, get, uh, get some pics of that hair, mate. Yeah, that's it. I've got got a few mullet pics on the Instagram, that's true. It's mainly just 
There's not really anything but running pictures on my Instagram at the moment. That's all right, mate. You're all right, mate. Yeah, well, we need to get some uh, some pictures of those cars, mate, and uh, maybe the headphones on, you know, spinning some vinyl, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. That's it. Maybe a bit of music. That's it. For sure, mate. Definitely, mate. Your soundtrack in the background, you know what I mean? That'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe one day. Love it. Yeah, no, it'll happen, mate. I reckon yeah, I reckon your man just gets the job done. So, awesome, Tolly. Thank you so much, mate. And, yeah, no like I said, fantastic. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching what happens in the future, mate. Thanks for having, Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Cheers. Hey, guys, I'd just like to say a quick thank you to our people who have done a review over there on uh, Apple Podcast or, or iTunes. Don't really uh, hassle you guys to do that. Um, I had a flick over there the other day um, on my son's iPhone, and, yeah, it's very, very happy. A uh, bit of a nice feeling when you, when you see people are uh, enjoying what I'm doing and uh, giving some positive feedback. So for those people who did that, uh, really appreciate it and uh, thank you very much.